Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. This week, we're lucky to have with us San Diego MMA OG and the current BKFC heavyweight champion of the world, Joey Beltron. Joey, thanks for joining us, my man. You know what? Honestly, thank you guys for having me on. I definitely appreciate the support and the coverage. So I understand uh, you uh, have an announcement that you need to make with us. Uh, you got a couple of things lined up. What's going on? Well, I will be making uh, my first title defense of my BKFC heavyweight title and the Police Gazette World Diamond Belt title on October 10th. So that's freaking right around the corner. Oh, wow. Um, Salina, Kansas. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to that. Just wrapping up training camp. Get ready to go out there and handle business. Awesome. I uh, I got my flight and I actually got some tickets today. So I will be sitting in the splash zone <laughs> around the cage. Uh, my first bare knuckle uh, fighting event since uh, the no holds barred days of the early uh early days in the '90s, going to events out here at the Indian Reservation. So, uh. I guess I guess one of the things I, I would like to you know get into the BKFC fight is um, what uh, what was it that attracted you to it other than just being uh, you know other than just being who you are what uh, what was it that that made you want to go to get into it especially for the first event you jumped right into it before everybody kind of knew what we were getting into I mean honestly so go back i was always a fan of bare knuckle fighting bare knuckle boxing i would watch all the youtube videos you know the the, the joyce family um and uh what's we call oh, uh, gypsy boy gypsy boy jane mccory too i was a fan of his before they even did that that spot on vice about about bare knuckle fighting so i was a, i was a fan and then uh what had happened was, is I thought I was retired from competition and I was, um, I didn't fight for like seven, 16 months or something like that. And then I was in a situation, I needed some money. I reached out to one of my old managers. He's like, Hey, well, um, there's an opportunity to fight Sergey Karatanov hmm. out in Russia in five weeks. Are you in shape? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in shape. Like I'd only been doing fucking spin class at that 24-hour fitness. Like, no real fight training. And, but I just jumped in, got as ready as I possibly could in five weeks, went out there, fucking scrapped, and went all three rounds in an MMA fight. MMA fight at this time with Sergey Karatanov in Russia, in his backyard. And uh, so after that fight, I felt really good. I was like, you know what? I still have some fucking gas in the tank, man. Like I can, I can still do this at a high level. So I got back, I got back in training, started trying to lose some weight, get back down to a decent fighting weight. And for whatever reason, I just couldn't get a, I just couldn't get an MMA fight. I couldn't get like any small regional shows because at this time I was cut by Bellator. So I was, you know, I would have to get at least two regional wins usually to get back in. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get it. Um, luckily, uh, my old coach, Eric Del Fiero, was managing um, Rowdy Beck Rollins at the time. 
she was my teammate from Alliance uh, a couple years back and stuff. And so he kind of asked me almost jokingly, like, hey, man, you wouldn't be interested in doing this bare knuckle shit, would you? And I said, matter of fact, I would. As a matter of fact, I would. And so, you know, honestly, man, I always, I always say, if it wasn't for the fact of me having Rowdy Beck as a teammate, like, I don't know, man, if I would even got the call, if I would fucking, I would probably not be the world champion right now, but it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been for her doing me a solid and sliding me in there. Because the funny part is, is that that crazy, bloody fight that, 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 that Bare Knuckle became known for on that first night with me and Tony Lopez, like, our fight was was the swing bout, like which means we were they were just we got warmed up and in the tunnel like three times and they told us to go back like oh no no go back go back go back like that's what means when you're in a swing bout you don't even have a place in the lineup they just throw you where television permits you wow so we were this close to not even getting on TV and like could you imagine that had the world not seen that fight like who knows what happened with BKFC because. Up until then, the, the the night was like they had some decent fights and some fun fights, but nothing like they just fucking like you know we basically went out there and lit the place on fire. So yeah, after that, man, it's been a, a little bit of a learning process. You know, initially the first fight with Tony was like stepping into the unknown, man. I really know what was gonna happen. Once you know, shit started. Shit started flying around. We just started. I just started fighting like I normally would, like I would in a street fight. Just started scrapping. Hmm. Then the second fight versus Arnold Adams. It was the semifinals of the tournament. Um, like same, same, same concept. Same, same. I had the same mindset. Like I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna hit you more than you're gonna hit me, and I'm gonna win the fight. And unfortunately, I learned the hard way. Boom! Like within. 30, 40 seconds into the first round, dude, I had, like, three cuts from one big Arnold Adams fist, like, bah! <laughs> yeah, boom, three three cuts opened up. Totally, like, shocked me because I had to, like, change my game, change my mindset. Like, oh, shit, oh, shit. I made it to the fourth round, and fourth round, the doctor finally had to stop it because of, of the blood. It was actually on this side. Wow. So... I had to go back to the drawing board, really, really address my defense, you know, my entering and exiting on angles, head movement, all this shit, and really refine my 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 approach to the actual game of bare knuckle fighting because it really is a like one hundred percent a completely different ball game than than, yeah. than boxing or or MMA. So, so I mean, I have a bunch of questions uh, after hearing that, especially what you that last point you just made, but um. I, I hadn't seen anything from from BKFC yet about that fight. So about the uh, who are you on October tenth? Who are you facing? Oh, I'm facing Marcel Stamps, and he's actually two or three and oh something like that, all knockouts. He's actually a light oh, wow. heavyweight, and but he's coming up for the title shot. Um, you know, at this point, like I don't give a fuck who it is. Like I want to fight so <laughs> bad. Like I'll. I'll fight freaking Christine Ferrer if she if they if they said you gotta show up and fight her, you know. Is, like, it, is it because of uh, obviously with the lockdown and COVID and everything, you just itching for a fight or? Absolutely, man. I, mean, yeah. I was supposed to fight in April. Oh, I was supposed to fight. Uh, yeah, way back in April, and then all this lockdown happened, and then I've essentially been in training camp since you know since February because. Started training in February for April, and then Feb- April got locked down, and then like just stayed and mm-hmm. stayed and stayed in training, stayed in training, and then okay, 
it's going to be July. And then, oh, actually, it's going to be uh, August 10th. Oh, no, August 29th, September 11th. And then finally, 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 we got it locked down April, uh, October 10th. Nice. Yeah. Just glancing at your uh, your record here, uh, you slipped in an MMA fight that I, I missed uh, a little under the radar, but I noticed it was for the S70 platform uh, uh, out there in, uh, I think that's in Sochi, Russia, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, was that... Uh, was that one where where you had was Putin in the crowd, and was that one where it was like super lockdown events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was he was he has been there like almost every other time, and uh, so he was supposed to be that show that night. Like we did everything; they took our passports, we went through metal detectors and everything, and then like finally, like they came in. They're like, "We're sorry, Mister Putin's not going to be here." I'm like, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> start the show already it's 11 o'clock at night like what the fuck <laughs> and uh but but they coincidentally like we we find out once we get back in the states that there was like some fucking offshore nuclear testing or something something <laughs> crazy was happening that's why wow. he had to leave i was like oh like fuck our lives man we're just some <laughs> MMA fighters. wow that's crazy um I just to just to backtrack onto uh, what you said at the end of, uh, when you were talking about how you got into to uh, bare knuckle. What's what's different for you when you're talking about the technique and you said how it's different from boxing and and fighting in MMA. I mean, it it just seems like it's it's I don't want to say weird because that seems sounds kind of negative, but the draw to bare knuckle from uh, it's almost like anybody that fights anywhere. I mean, you've already especially with BKFC, you've already had you know boxers like Paulie Malignaggi and. Plenty of MMA fighters and and, and uh, boxers come in. So, what what do you think it is about about the style set or the mixed rule set? Is it is it does it seem like there's more rules, less rules? Like what, what like what drew you into it outside of uh, outside of the need to fight? Um, you know, I I love the bare knuckle BKFC's particular rule set allows fighting in a clinch, dirty boxing, and if okay. anybody who's ever like trade with me or watch any of my MMA fights, you know, that's my shit, man. And that's, I thrive in the dirty, nasty, ugly fights up against the fence, like just getting real sick with it in the clinch. So the fact that that's why I love it because yeah. you have to, yeah, the, you really do have to fucking mind your technique and have precise, <laughs> precise technique. Cause if I hit up here as opposed yeah. to here, it's gonna be hurt way more painful for myself than it is for my opponent. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's that's one of the things that that they said. Like when when Malinaji came into BKFC, I mean, they predicted that he'd he'd break his hands, and he did. So it's like it's like I mean, I'm almost curious as to how you train for something like that, like how to land your fist precisely, not only on the right point of the skull, but at the point that you don't you know break any of the smaller fingers on your hand too. You know. uh I actually, I work with my, um, I have a mental coach that helps me do deal with everything from like <clears throat> dealing with like anxiety and mm-hmm. like the mental angst that comes from like preparing for the fight, but not, not really that like strategically and, and anyways, long story short, we do a little something called quiet eye training. It comes from baseball, from high level baseball players. Like when they watch the pitch. They get to the point, high-level baseball players get to the point where they see the stitching rotating on the fucking, like, 90-mile-an-hour fastball. And once you oh, get wow. to that, then, like, shit slows down. It's almost like you can enter yourself into the matrix. Me, personally, like, that's, like, I don't look at, like, I, like, 
eyes, okay? I want to hit him in the eye. Like, no, I look at the eyebrow. I try to get to the point where I can see, like, the patterns of that guy's hairs in his eyebrow. Do I see a scar there? And, like, a little wrinkle in his forehead, shit like that. Like, hmm. and it, like it helps me, man. That's how I do it. I don't know how everybody else does it. That's just me. So, like, even, like, in training leading up to it, like, uh, like on bag work or like on mitt work. On mitt work, generally, like when somebody's holding mitts, there's always like some kind of logo on the mitt. That's just kind of generally how the fucking equipment's made, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so instead of like the look, looking at the logo, like so that's easy. I'll look for like, like the paint. Is the paint a little bit peeled or is the fucking leather crack? And I'll look at a specific crack or a specific line in the leather of the mitt and then fucking hit that. Like that's how I did it. But, you know, other people, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, at the end of the day, when shit hits the fan, I just start chucking them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds interesting. I've never heard of anybody yeah. use the, the baseball yeah. uh, reference as far as the batter's eye, basically, to, to be able to, to see punches and to see – just to slow the world, you know, down around them. But Did, like, uh, obvi- I, do, I do remember vividly, like, when when I was fighting Chase Sherman, those few times that I got him in the dirty boxing – I was like watching. It was weird. I was watching my knuckles, boom, just collide right in this fucking temple in his eyelid. Mm. I was like, "Oh shit, it's working." <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, you know your your family? Uh, I believe you're married, and I, I don't know if you have kids or not. But um, or, or you, you've been no, married. Not I, married. Just got a, not married, but I just got a girl. Okay, well, girls, family, parents, uh, yeah. brothers, sisters. Did uh, obviously they've been they've known you as as that you've been a, a fighter for uh, since at least two thousand seven, uh, according to most of the the records. Yeah. Um, was there any other when you told them you were going from basically essentially semi retired to then going to fight Karatanov in Russia to then doing bare knuckle fighting? Was there any kind of uh, what was the feedback like from the the family, relatives, friends? Was anybody uh, was it was it all let's go do this shit or did, were were people a little shocked when you told them you're going into the bare knuckle realm? Uh, let me think. Nah, I mean, they just kind of were like, oh, well, this is what Joey's doing now. You know, that- like, I, I mean, because it's like, you know, and, and I'll say it too, it's like at the end of the day, it's all high-level violence. Uh-huh. You, mm-hmm. can, you can get really fucked up in an MMA fight. You know, you get, I've been, I've had my jaw broken, spinning back fans, you catch an elbow, get your head split, you know, all that shit. You know, bare knuckle, like, yeah, it's more susceptible to like cosmetic damage, like cuts and scrapes and shit. But you know, I only have to worry about two hands coming at me. You know, I like I like those odds. I like those odds. Is there um? Why do you think the bare knuckle has the? You know, you just said in MMA, you can get you can get hurt far more worse in MMA than in bare knuckle. So why do you think bare knuckle has the stigma that it is? I remember when I spoke with Feldman out here when he did the press conference in New York for the Malinaji uh, Lobov thing. Um, you know, I had talked to him about trying to, you know, how he's having trouble getting it legal in every state so they can go to more places. I mean, in your opinion, what, what is it just because there's too much blood? Like, like, why is it? Yeah, it's just, it's just honestly, it's just pure, just, just out of ignorance, you know. Right yeah. now, I think more and more as like. Uh, fighters like myself and, and now like Paige Van Zandt, you know, that's bringing big eyes. That's bringing a lot of eyes to the sport and a lot of intrigue. And like at the end of the day, you know, like it's like 
You know, it's like the, the you know, like the clickbait, like what gets people to do double takes and double yeah. looks. It is the blood. It is the blood. Don't get me wrong. But anybody who's been in this been in this game for more than two fights and and the trained eye knows there's so much skill level involved skill that's involved in this game. You know, and at the, at the reality, like to go back to my own personal experience, like any I'm sorry, every fight that I've been in BKFC. I fought Friday or Saturday, got on the plane, and I was at work teaching class Monday. Yeah, I had some cuts and uh, stitches or whatever the case may be, but I was not, like, hurt. I wasn't hurt. I just had, like I said, uh, cosmetic damage, I like to say. Bear, uh, sorry, the fight I did with Sergey Karatanov where we had, like, our hands were fully wrapped and four-ounce gloves and cut loose full plastic. A 270 pound heavyweight, like, dude, I was in bed for two weeks. I was in bed for two weeks after getting home from Russia because I was, I had gnarly concussion. I didn't get knocked out or even dropped in the actual fight, but I was like, it was like, whoa, man, that was crazy. Like, when I got home, like, I was, I would have dizzy spells and shit like that. And it's because, like, you can just get such a harder crack when you have your knuckles taped up and your wrist taped and you have a glove. You can just cut loose with reckless abandon, you know, <laughs> up against somebody's head, you know. And it's definitely, you know, like, so I know from personal experience that, like, it is, like I said, there's there's more blood. Yeah, you know, but I will say this, like, after my first two fights, I made the necessary changes and technique and minding my defense a lot more. I haven't had to get stitches after the last uh Counting the beat, counting the MMA fight, the last four fights I've been in, I haven't had to get stitches. Oh wow! So, it's good. Huh? I want to keep that streak going. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> you fought for all the big organizations in the United States. You fought all around the world. Uh, I, obviously, I, I don't expect you to say anything bad about BKFC, but just in general, do they? Um, has your experience with them been on par with the other? Uh, big organizations in the world as far as professionalism, medical. Um, I mean, are you, you, you feel like uh, you, you, you know, you, you feel like it's the same level as like, I mean, UFC is kind of its own thing because they're billions and billions and billions of dollars. But um, as far as all the other organizations, even the Bellator, you feel like BKFC's uh, treated you as well as any of those other organizations. I think that um, early on, like, well, first of all, like UFC is just a corporate machine. And even there was a difference between going down from UFC to Bellator as far as, like, the streamline of everything on five, on weigh-ins and, and getting shuttled around town, whatever town we were in and shit like that. There was a little bit of dip between between UFC and Bellator. At least back then, that was, like, 2013, 14, 15, 16 that I was with Bellator. And I was with UFC from 2010 till the end of 2013. So, it's still, I'm sure both of them gotten better. You know what I'm saying? But, like, BKFC, like, the first couple of shows, you could tell that everybody was kind of, like, on the, uh, we were all learning as we were going. We were all learning as we were going. But that has drastically improved. Now it is fucking, like, the people they have running the show, running the, um, all the logistics, all the transportation, it's definitely streamlined now. They're on par. It's a big show. It is a big show. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Do you think? Um, do you think? Like you said, you talked about uh, how BKFC favors your style of fighting with the clinch work and stuff like that. Um, do you think like like there's going to be some evolution in the sport where like 
you know, people get really good footwork and things like that. Like, is there is there room for footwork in in bare knuckle? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, that's just my style. That's not everybody's mm-hmm. style. There's people that don't even that don't even utilize the clinch. You know, I mean, like one person that comes to mind is is a guy that I fought and actually lost to is like Arnold Adams, who's a heavyweight, and he was just slick with his head movement and it's, it's doing the uh, the Philly the Philly roll and everything. Like, so there's is you can make it your own, man. You can ever make everything your own with footwork, head movement, all that shit. What weight? What weight will you be coming into this fight at? What What do you like to do your bare knuckle stuff at? Um, I think I'll probably weigh around like two forty six. And then Stamps historically has been a little bit smaller of a fighter. Do you Do you have any expectations or what size he's gonna? He's six foot three, but he's usually I think fighting in like the one eighty five to two hundred pound range. Do you have any idea what what to expect uh, size wise out of him? I bet he'll be. Uh, I'm I'm calling two sixteen. That's what I'm calling. <laughs> And that's just from like, hey, remember way back in the day, I fought 185 a couple times, and you know, I would I would start my my training camps like right around 210, 215, and then just come down. But I imagine he's just walking in, a very comfortable, very well fed 185 pound, normal 185 pounder, cruising in at 215. The uh, the BKFC ring kind of, I mean, it's like it's like that circular roped off setup. Do you think that forces more engagement and 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 kind of like uh, is it, it favors guys that fight like you or versus someone that tries to be all rangy or anything like that? I mean, it's a big circle, so there's definitely room mm-hmm. to move around. You know, it's like it's really about like what kind of game plan you want to implement and what you're gonna force your will upon somebody, and that's just kind of like my mindset. What any kind of fight, that's what I try to do. It'd be MMA or, or, or BK, BKFC. Um, you know, but, you know, that's not to say, like, like I said, if you if that's your style, then move around and, and there's plenty of fucking room in there. And the mm-hmm. cool thing that I like is that it looks like ropes, but it's not ropes. It's a it's like a circular steel structure. Mm. But it, it just looks like ropes on TV. But those, those, those have no give. You can't, like, lean back on them or anything like that. So that that's cool for uh, us ex MMA guys. It's definitely like kind of like fighting in the uh, the Bellator circle. Yeah, interesting. Do you have anybody there at your gym uh, that's looking to kind of follow your your path there to BKFC? Do you have any <laughs> up and coming guys who are, are chomping to get into that? Uh, nah, nah. I was like, you know, <laughs> I was telling you, like, you might want to fucking do some other something else before you. <laughs> Yeah, better do some real. Better at least better do some real boxing fights before you jump into some bare knuckle boxing fights. <laughs> but but it, it seems like there's more MMA guys that come into bare knuckle versus boxers. I mean, from from what I see, I could be wrong though. Isn't that is that the case? I think that'll change eventually. Yeah. I think overall, as a sport, overall as a culture, boxing tends to be a little snootier, a little more nose up, pinkies up type, like because they're the original, you know. And yeah. I get it. You know, and that's why, like, I think eventually, like, and it's starting starting on October 10th, it's a big night. Nico Hernandez, who's a who's a bronze medalist, and I forget which year, bronze medal Olympic Olympic medalist, he's making his debut. You know, the money, like, dude, our our our, our promotion is getting bigger and bigger. The money is getting bigger and bigger and better, and you know, 
So it's going to be all you're going to see some boxers come over, I bet. When, uh, you know, I, we go, like I said, I go back to watching you fight in total combat events in the, in the mid two thousands there, when you got started, did you, I, I, I didn't look exactly at your record to see where your fights were. Did you ever fight in Tijuana at the baby rock? No, no, no. I, I started after that. Once I started, we were, we were doing all our shows at the 4th and B in downtown San Diego. In 4th and B, okay. Well, did, when Coming up in, through San Diego MMA, I mean, you came up when it, – it was pretty peak at that time. You had a lot of events going on. You had you had the 4th and B. You had Valor fights. Uh, you had uh, King of the Cage, Gladiator Challenge. We're still doing a lot of shows uh, between, you know, Murrieta and, and down south. Uh, what uh, – did you ever think when you started into this that – your champ, you'd be wearing the the bare knuckle fighting champion, you know, belt. Fifteen years later, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I never. It wasn't even even a, a, a afterthought. You know, like I made a little mistake as far as goal setting in the beginning. Like I just made a when I first started out fighting. I remember, I remember I wrote down all my goals and everything. I was like, okay, I'm gonna make it to the UFC in three years. And if I don't, then I'm going to quit. I'm going to go get a normal job. I'm not going to be one of these guys fucking fighting on Gladiator Challenge forever and just knocking out guys that are smoking cigarettes before the fight. That's (laughs) not going to be me. Like, I'm going to make it the big show or or I'm going to quit. And I made it into the UFC like four days shy of my three-year mark. Oh, nice. Then once I got there, like, I was like, yeah. That was kind of like, all right, well, now what? I didn't really like think far past that. I thought it'd be like the, like you know, the end all be all. You walk through the pearly gates, you see Dana White's bald ass, like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, well here we are, and fuck, man. You know, I didn't really think past that. You know, so. Nah, to answer your question, no, I never even think thought about doing being a <laughs> pretty badass it- now, man. I, I love it, man. I definitely do. I love the rule set. I love the fucking. I love the danger of the situation. Like I'm really aware of what, how fucking serious the situation is that I'm involved in. And it really does like more than MMA or anything. Like make me feel like, Oh fuck, like this is real. <laughs> this is real shit. And I love so, it. I love so it. October 10th. It's going to be on uh is it going to be a pay-per-view through their app or it's fight TV or exclusively on the BK TV app. Which right now, dude, it's fucking three ninety nine. Three only gets you access to the to the to the live pay per view. It gets you access to all of our catalog, all of our catalog, all of our past fights. So, I mean, it's a freaking. I hope it's a good. A pri- they better raise the price, but it's <laughs> but right. Yeah, now, I, I I ordered it the other day because they had a uh, the, it was the toe the line. Like it seems like it's kind of their yeah. contender series yeah. kind of. Uh, program i watched some fights on that and i, I went back and I, I i missed some of the julian lane uh tiago alvis fight so i went back and want watch some of that but uh yeah i, I for the price it, it's a it's a great deal especially if they start having multiple events a month um joey uh i know you got another class coming up do you have any sponsors uh anything you want to throw out where fans can follow you or any information you want to get out the, the floor is yours yeah man you can follow me on instagram at uh Joey, Joey Beltron underscore MMA, Facebook, just normal Joey Beltron. Uh, I think my sponsors, 
Royal Kratom, Lamp Botanicals, Triumph United, uh, Monster Energy, um, Nat Fit San Diego Supplements, Chill Spot Cryotherapy, Veteran Farms, oh, Greenside Carpet Cleaning, uh, oh, DM Building based out of Carlsbad, California, and I think that's about it. All right. Well, Joey Beltron fights uh, Stamps October 10th, uh, Salim, te- uh, Kansas, uh, live Salina on the uh, – like Sal- vagina. Salina? <laughs> Salina yeah. like vagina, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, again, uh, not this Saturday but the following Saturday. Fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Coast to com coast to coast combat hour on Instagram. Check us out at allaccessmma.com. You can follow me at Matt at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizol on Twitter and Carbizol on Instagram. Uh, best of luck, Joey. If uh, if I get a chance, uh, beer, iced tea, whatever you do after your fight is is on me. Uh, uh, I look forward to uh, my first uh, BKFC event and. Uh, Man, heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, couldn't ask for much better. So go oh, out there yeah. and do your thing, brother. Thank you, man. You guys have a good night. All right, you too. You too, man. Take care. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.